Hey everybody, what the fuck is going on? Uh, this podcast and every podcast is brought to you by Claypot. Claypot is a Cantonese-styled restaurant located at 58 St. Mark's Place in New York City. It is some amazing food. You should totally go check it out. Don't believe me? Well, go look it up on Instagram. Give at ClaypotNYC a follow. And you can check out all the nice tasty delicious i mean you have to physically go in but visually you can enjoy that aesthetic my guest today is my very good friend ben and we actually met through uh university's jujitsu club oddly enough we didn't hang out until after i graduated and it's weird but we found that we struck the same kind of interest in Jungian dream analysis and the psychoanalytical analysis of stories and religion, which is okay, we- weird interest to like hit 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 a commonality on, but um, we both actually gravitated towards the Canadian clinical psychologist and professor Jordan B. Peterson. Whether you like him or hate him, uh, that's just how Ben and I connected. And so in this podcast, we talk about similar lines of thought that Peterson, that Jung, that Eric Newman had laid out. Um, We like to share weird psychological books with each other. And it's just a weird kind of thing that I've never thought I would be doing after I graduated. It's, It's the continuation of education. But this podcast, we kind of cover... I guess Jungian archetypes and dream analysis a bit, but this conversation ends up being very, very abstract, and that's not a bad thing. It's something that definitely I could take something away from, and I hope you do too. pretty distinct from what I grew up with as like a classic cartoon kind of yeah 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 because you know like I love cartoons growing up and most of the ones that you see are really just fuck like goofy and Mm -hmm. um they don't really lead anywhere um and you can tell like Adventure Time sort of uh draws elements from that and if you want to stay on that level where you're only getting like that, haha, you said a stupid thing. Or, yeah, like, like you ha. made a fart joke or something. Yeah, you yeah. made a fart joke. Like, dude, like, there's this one episode we just watched, and like, <laughs> the, the caliber of the fart joke in, in that episode was like phenomenal. Like, that's one of the funniest fart jokes I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, bravo to <laughs> whoever the hell it is that made Adventure Time. You made a f- killer fart joke. <laughs> but, but also, um, there's definitely, like, a deeper level and some, like, more interesting things going on. Uh, like, they're clearly following some literary patterns, uh, which, which is interesting. And there's character development, which is huge. 
So I think it's really cool that you can you can get the best of both worlds because it's both like, you know, for like the, the kid who just wants to see like some stupid shit happen happening and it's also for the person who kind of wants to like, you know, just get that like something deeper and like, you know, sort of maybe take something away that they can use for themselves or like they can see a situation and, and kind of relate to it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a cool show. Like It's, it's definitely really cool. cool. I think what you said is dead on. And I like a lot of cartoons are actually coming out that, that are kind of like that where it's multifaceted. Yeah. Where there's like the entertainment silliness. And then sometimes it's like a deeper level to it where it's like, you know, it's made for adults. Like there's a few dick jokes here. And yeah, there. yeah. And you're yeah. kind of just like, is this is a kid's joke. Or it's like, I'm going to eat your flesh. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they yeah. put this in there? <laughs> no, I, I agree. Like a hundred percent. And I think like part of that is just like, you know the the medium is changing and how entertainment reaches us. I'm I'm not that old. I'm I'm 21. I'm turning 22 in like two weeks. But yeah, like, buddy. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, you know, cause cause when I watch cartoons, it's all t- TV. Like you yeah, know, you get a you get a 20 minute segment or half hour or whatever. Um, and if if you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. And whoever is making that content has to capture your attention within that time span and they need to unfold a whole story within like 30 minutes but but nowadays like with with adventure time people like binge that shit yeah i i think it's also just with like netflix you know like seasons come out at a time it's easier and it's it almost like that availability of like the the way that technology has went kind of changed it so that tv shows have more depth than movies now right yeah, like game of thrones yeah. is you can draw you could draw a really intricate story with like complex characters and interactions that you wouldn't necessarily be able to capture in like yeah an hour and 45 minutes like i i think it's i think it's definitely the more powerful medium um in a lot of ways like I, even with adventure time um what's what's interesting that you pointed out to me is like the the first two seasons sort of follow that like episodic um, narrative where everything needs to happen within the span of one episode um, and then uh, you know after season two you got entire arcs yeah. um, and like whole plots that span you know maybe a season or like several episodes mm-hmm. um, so I mean I, I haven't seen the whole show yeah like, yeah you've yeah. only seen bits and pieces yeah yeah so, but like so you've been describing it to me and um but yeah, it it changed, right? It, it evolved, and I think like I'm I'm guessing they were kind of like right on the the um, the turning point of of that medium, like when Netflix and shit was like taking off. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what year like eventually? I, I don't know. It was it was definitely like a while ago. If they're on like season nine right now, yeah. But you know, but, uh, so a lot younger than SpongeBob, but like yeah, yeah. You know, definitely not last week. Like, yeah. So, so I feel like they kind of like were right on that line, and it's cool how like the show sort of evolved and like adapted to that, and then it just got better because of it. Like you, you can see, like all right, here's here's what Adventure Time would be in the old medium, and then here it is like in this new medium, and you know it's it's the same show, same people, but you can see how like with this new medium, they're just able to like go a level deeper. Yeah. That's freaking sweet. I know. Yeah, that's it's awesome. it's good because you get to hit more, I guess, like more um, archetypes 
in a story arc, right? Like if you yeah. were to express a story over like an eight part episode, that's like, and even if they are 11 minutes, that's still 80 minutes for you to like share a story compared to like what you would normally be constricted to like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. You'll be able to like explore different kinds of themes and motifs and I, I'd really recommend that you watch this show. I think you'll love it, dude. You'll binge watch oh, the dude, whole thing. Oh, dude, I've like, You're I've invested already. Like, <laughs> I, I was laughing my ass off like every single episode. Yeah, and, just get some poop yeah, brain. Oh, dude, poop brain? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> in the same, in the same uh, freaking episode as the fart joke, so like. Yeah, it's great. Damn. <laughs> That's some good shit. But, but yeah, like what, what were you saying about, um the archetypes and you know the the literary elements um i'm definitely in the school of thought that that's that shit's like really complicated to to tell like the the story properly you need to be smart in like some respect like it's not just something that you can just do arbitrarily like not every story is like a, a good story Okay, are you looking at this from, like, a Jungian dream analysis, like, archetypes yeah, d- perspective? Yeah, so so I think, um, I, I think part of it is, is to, we, we can get more into, like, Jung, Jung yeah, later, but, like... I planned, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to talk about, because I just started the insert, uh, mo- like, is it Modern Man in Search of a Soul? Yeah, that, that's I, Yeah, I'm only, like, 40 pages in, but, like, even reading those 40 pages is just, like, whoa, like, mind-blowing it, it, stuff. It's nuts, and, and it's just so almost clashing with you know your typical way of just acting in the world and just how you view things in on one hand and on the other hand it's it's sort of reinforcing that and and like bringing it like forward so you're thinking like oh my god like finally everything just makes sense like it's just it's just a different way of, of looking at things that you wouldn't necessarily have looked at it if you didn't read that book, which is like awesome. Yeah, like, it's it's so cool to just sort of like play with your axioms like that and just change your perspective and just see things differently. And and like I, I read that book a year ago. Um, oh really? Like I thought it was like recent. Yeah, well, actually, maybe not quite a year ago. Like I think I read it at the beginning of like summer twenty seventeen. So maybe okay, like ten nine Did- ten months ago. Which, um, did you read that book? Like, because you were also telling me about the, um, like the cracking the head and the shit. Yeah, what, yeah, what book is that? Do you uh, know? It's called Breaking Open the Head. Okay. Um, Do you know the author? I think it was David Pinchbeck. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just this dude who lives in New York who likes to write and take like, <laughs> God only knows how many drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he's done a lot of drugs, and he's written about them. But I'm just I was because. I haven't read that book, but, like, you recommended Young to me, so I, I didn't know if you yeah. had a recommendation in the order. Because I know we had discussed that uh, for... I'm sorry, we're throwing a lot of books at people right yeah, now, so, but they're great sorry. books. Well, hopefully we can, like, you know, talk about them and, like, yeah. unpack them a little bit, but... But, like, I know that you, you recommended that I would definitely read Modern Man in Search of a Soul before reading Erich Newman's... Is it Eric? Erich. Uh, I don't know. I think he has an I H. I think it's Eric. Are you er- sure? Eric. I don't fucking. I I just I read the name. I never like. I'm I'm fairly confident it's E R I C H, N E U M A N N. Yeah. And it's the, the title of the book would be um the origins of consciousness. Uh, origins and history of consciousness. The origins and history of consciousness. History. Yeah. Which you you recommended I read after Jung. Yeah. And and that makes sense because uh Newman is a student of Jung and he further develops 
Jung's ideas from Modern Man in Search of a Soul. Yeah. And, like, you told me his forward effect, like, what did he say? So, so the forward was written by Jung, um, and, like, he made the analogy where he was sort of, like, the pioneer of this whole field of psychology, and uh, Neumann kind of had the advantage of the, the ground has already been plowed, we already, like, built a house, and, you know, he could kind of expand on it from there, so... So Jung said, like Neumann really pushed the horizons in in a way that he just couldn't have done because he was almost he was like eighty. Yeah, he was <laughs> and old. you know he did it though his whole life, mm-hmm. but uh, you know Neumann took it one step further. Yeah. So, so that's that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah, so excited. Oh, it's such a sick book. And then no, you were even telling me how like when you, after you would read Newman's, I mean, you also kill like a hundred pages like before you go to bed. Yeah, not really. No, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, because I, you ended up having dreams about the things that you. I, were... There was one night where like I had a dream that was like eerily similar, or themes of it were like eerily similar to like what I had read the day before, and that. That was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably just processing it. Yeah, it was you know, definitely if, some, like, processing like, and shit. But, like, I, I just remember waking up and, like, looking at my ceiling and being like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. It, oh, yeah. Not I, a fun dream? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was it was great. It was a blast. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I didn't sleep well after that. I, I can tell you, like, I'm just like, damn, like... There's some crazy shit going on in my head right now, and I don't know if I want to, like, go back there right now. I don't know if I can handle that shit. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, like, it was... I'm glad I had the dream. Like, it was it was freaking great. But, uh, <laughs> but like, damn, that was, that was weird. <laughs> as long as it's not, like, a like a recurring... Like, that's what I thought was super interesting about what Jung was... I mean, again, I, I haven't read, uh, like, uh, yeah. the chapter on, like, Archaic Man or, like, the later stuff, but, like... Okay. Based on the 40 pages that I had read, I thought it was, like, super interesting how he, he really emphasized that you need to take into account what's going on in the conscious. Yeah. You know, and it's not just, like, oh, dreams, uh, like, you know, black cloak represents death, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. It, like, the, the one past, I don't know, because I'm, like, pinpointing, like, a single paragraph, but, I, I don't, like, it's such a dense book, I don't know if you remember. I he, think I remember what you're talking about. He actually. had mentioned how, like, um, like, death doesn't necessarily represent death. Like, you can dream a lot about death. Right. But it doesn't necessarily translate to death. It might be something else. Yeah, it, it's really complicated. Like, the the brain is the single most complicated single object that we're aware of in existence. So, so like, you know, the shit that's going on in there, like, it's going to be hard to interpret. But, but yeah, like, uh, there, there's, I think, sort of a set number of, symbols um but like the way those all relate and like the depth of meaning in in each of them is is pretty intense so it's definitely hard to you know you can interpret it but it's hard to say if you've just scratched the surface or if you've really like understood something to do with this sort of symbolism in depth yeah Um, it's definitely hard we should probably like talk a little about a little about Jung and you know his his like theories and everything yeah I mean go for it if you (laughs) yeah I don't don't know as much as you do yeah I'm I'm gonna get more okay sure yeah it it's hard um because I don't know Jung was just such a a nuanced thinker and 
a lot of his theories are really complex. But I think the some of the major things you need to touch on to like understand his worldview and, and where he's coming from um, is definitely you need to distinguish between like the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And that's pretty simple because the conscious mind is pretty much what you're aware of um, and what you understand. And it's almost sort of self-evident because, you know, your conscious mind is, is what you're, you're conscious of. Yeah. It's, it's what you're experiencing um, right now. And then the unconscious mind, like, you know, the definition is, is almost in, in the word. It's, it's just everything uh, that's going on in your head that you're not aware of. Like, yeah. And, like, like, again, like, one of the cool things is just, like, pinpointing a very specific paragraph. But I thought one of the, like, one because I read it on my morning commute. Yeah. That's what yeah. I did too. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it because like longer commutes are like, oh, yeah. okay, it's just time to read. I'm going to learn so, so much. When you're like just flipping through pages yeah. and like, yeah. You see, you see the dumb dumb next to you like on his phone and you're like, <laughs> peasant. <laughs> I read literature. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I can barely tie my shoes. <laughs> But but what I was saying is that like there was one specific passage. Oh, I feel like every paragraph, like after you read, yeah, it, yeah. you reread it again, and you look up and you're like, fuck, yeah, fuck, <laughs> man, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that he was proposing was that you are actually like dreaming all the time, right? It's actually yeah. just your unconscious speaking all the time. But when we're conscious, uh, our consciousness kind of subdues the unconscious, you know. Yeah, like, they, they, they work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but I, I thought it was, like, a really interesting, like, I'd have never heard of that theory that, like, your unconscious is actually on, working all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's right? crazy. That's, like, the underlying, like, the animalistic chaos side yeah. of you. Your reptilian brain is always on and working, e- whether or not you... That's what think about, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, like, the behemoth and the, the leviathan, you know? It's, like, yeah. they're both cyclical, always working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... Because, yeah. um... You know, the, the behemoth and the Leviathan is basically, like, uh, I mean, I'm no expert, but, like, as far as I understand it... Um, yeah, it's the representation of... Like, complete order, control, versus, like, complete chaos, right? And and the behemoth would be the order. Leviathan is the chaos. Yeah. yeah. Which is really interesting, because, again, like, we just started to play D&D, and I think it's yeah. awesome, but but, like, the... Like, Cthulhu is, like, the tentacle, weird, like, deep-sea thing, and that, like, is, like, almost synonymous with the Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing, is, like, it's archetypal, right? Which basically means it's abstract, and it appears everywhere, right? So, if it's yeah. an archetype, you're gonna see elements of it, like, all over the place. Um, wherever there's humans, there's gonna be representations of, of those archetypes. Because basically they're they're part of us and they're just something they're they're the medium in which we express what's going on you know behind the covers yeah in the unconscious so and and like how you associate certain things with certain like symbols and you know what I mean it's like yeah like do you, do you remember the the one patient dream that Jung was mentioning about how he dreamt his father was like this reckless drunk driver. I do, I do. It was, like, yeah. very early on in the book, so, and, and I know you read it a yeah, while ago. no, but, but that, like... That one really stuck out yeah, to me. Yeah, it stuck out. Because it was, it was essentially a story where he had a patient come in, and he described this dream where, like, 
my father was just like this drunk driver and he was so reckless. And it doesn't make, even make any sense because he doesn't drink much. He's, he's a very, you know, orderly person. He always like, you know, even if he were to go to a bar and drive after, he'd be very careful, only one drink or something, you know. And he wasn't like a chaotic guy, but in the dream, he was just like a wild man, Yeah. right? And Jung eventually worked out that, oh, well, after exploring through therapy for a while, I don't know if it was like eight months or a year or whatever. Yeah, forever long, yeah. It came to light that this man was almost living under the thumb of his father in the sense that he was so dependent on yeah. his father and his father was like still babying him right he was yeah he was, i think he like he idolized his father so his <clears throat> his father was like almost like a deity to him and, and his father could do nothing wrong so it was uh sorry to like interrupt you but no like, no it's yeah yeah but it, it was like his um it was like his unconscious mind sort of bringing uh, a little chaos into that almost perfect image yeah that was in his conscious mind of his father so so like with that he got a more complete view of like a person yeah i mean it's just a cool example of how yeah your your conscious and unconscious mind will work together to to like help you have a healthy mode of being in the world that we're all living in yeah so it's pretty cool it's it's i yeah i mean obviously this is like fresh in my mind yeah. I read this, like, on my commute today. Yeah, yeah, so... But the point that, like, Jung was trying to hammer home was how your unconscious will always... It's kind of like yin-yang, right? With, like, your consciousness and your unconsciousness. If you're not being conscious, your unconscious will pretty much, like, take like like take up the, the challenge and, like, compensate for yeah, what yeah, your yeah. consciousness is lacking. Which is, like, interesting because it's... I mean, there's definitely been points in my life where, like, I've had recurring dreams more accurately like recurring nightmares yeah. right and i feel like i was like dude uh, this is crazy I, I don't understand why i have like the same dreams over and over and over again and then like you know i i took neuroscience in college and like all my psych classes basically said dreams pa that's just yeah. like nonsense in your brain which is crazy like because I, it I, the yeah. thing is um to me even if they don't mean anything i'm gonna act like they do like that's almost if, like if that's wrong. I don't want to be right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much of a bias towards okay, it. But, maybe not that. But much, I think but... I think what you're like. I agree with you. Like, yeah. I I definitely learned like some like deep life lessons from interpreting dreams. And if that's oh, nonsense, like, well, then fuck. I'm pulling like yeah, like life lessons out of nonsense. Yeah, the things like I'm getting life lessons, man. Like, let me be. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're good for me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like fuck off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take your stupid science and shove it. <laughs> no, don't do that. It's still science, kind of, technically. Yeah. Um, I think that's... But, like, that that kind of approach is, is almost, like, synonymous with... Um, do you remember uh, Eric... I'm going to butcher his last name. Weinstein? Weinstein? Yeah. When he mentioned his... Uh, the, the porcupine example, how it's like... Oh, uh, yeah. Can, can you go over that? So, so, like, a porcupine can't shoot quills. Yeah. But if man is evolved to believe that they can yeah he will keep a safe distance and not get poisoned and die or like not That's get true, affected yeah. by quills so i mean it's not like true right because they can't but it, it's at that point where it's like it's true enough that you survive yeah and and the other thing is like nobody's denying that there's objective scientific truth yeah we don't necessarily live in that reality right from like a like a technical definition right because we're living in our own subjective reality, 
And you can't really do away with this objective. Um, it's almost like paradoxical if you do, right? Like, yeah. if you try and just imagine like an object of reality without you in it, like, how are you doing that? You're, you're doing it with like your subjective experience and dreams are like, it's all about your subjective experience, right? So it's almost more about the reality you live in than just like cold, hard science, because you can't divorce yourself from the equation. Um, even if it's not like a scientific truth, it's a truth for you and you're living as you. So, so the more you know about you, the better. So I think that makes it like really important. And that's like, I'd say one of my biggest arguments for, um, to somebody who would say dreams are are meaningless is, you know, it's, it's a subjective thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's, if it's meaningful to you, it's meaningful and, and people are obviously like anecdotally, um, people are helped by dream interpretation and, you know, even if it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time, if it works 50% of the time, 60% of the time, even like 30% of the time. Yeah. Something is better than nothing. It's, it's better than zero. So I think, but like, that's, that's honestly like what, like, that's one of the things that has been on my, I don't know about you. I'm weird, but like, Usually oh. they'll be like we're both pretty <laughs> no, weird. We're really weird. <laughs> Usually like different phases of my life I characterize or like different epochs of my life. I would characterize yeah. based on uh, a, a a specific problem that I'm trying to solve. Right. You know? Like it might be like the problem of like nihilism. Like right. what do I do in the face of nihilism and stuff like that? Or or what do I do about like like dishonesty? Or you know what I mean? Like there's different themes and I kinda work it out or it's like some kind of tragic event happened in my life and then, it, you know, I need time to digest, you know, I, I carry on with my life, I go to work, I do, you know, my, my homework or, or I do my, like, job or you know, whatever point in my life I am at. But in the meantime, it's, you know, it's on my mind and I'm, like, working through, I don't know, do you share this or am I just weird? Um, you know, I, I it's funny, I have to think about it because, <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know, like, um... Would you say, like, the epochs in your life are, are sort of marked by, like, tragedies, or... For me? Um, yeah. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I'm no stranger to tragedy, yeah, dude. <laughs> you, you, you go straight into that... I uh, ride out those roads yeah. of chaos. <laughs> yeah, so... To, kudos. <laughs> yeah. It's not good, though, because, like, sometimes well, I, I jump in the deep end, and that's it's That's true. So, I gotta, so I gotta it's like a double-edged sword, dude. Like, yeah. It's freaking sweet, like... You get that gold because, after the dragon and shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's fucking nice, dude. Like, oh, gold? Like, who don't want a little gold? <laughs> who wouldn't want gold? Yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> but, like, it's... Like, there's different epochs in my life. And, and the, there were different phases. And I guess you could kind of categorize it, like... When you went to college... Yeah. Okay, this is going to be, like, a hard rabbit hole. But... All right, but Fine, but we will it, tie man. it back together. Yeah, we'll tie it all together with a beautiful boat. People, bear with us. We yeah. have weird heads. <laughs> but I, like, like how you would feel about a year of high school yeah. almost felt equivalent to a semester in college. Interesting. Did That's you feel true. that at all? I think it might have been because it's different classes, different people you're meeting, and then, like, when it's spring semester, it almost feels like, wow, renewal. You know, like, yeah, new, yeah, yeah, new yeah. set of things, new classes, reset. My grades are set from last semester. I'm... You know what I mean? Versus like in high school, it was more like a yearly grade, yearly grade, year, or, or sure. I mean, quarters maybe. But like it was the same classes for the whole year, same people. You know what I mean? You had the schedule down, locked down. I, that was just my high school. I don't know if yours was like that too. 
Um, it was a little different, but like, there's, there's definitely like, I, more distinct mark and epochs between semesters than there would be between, um, like a year of high school, which is interesting. I, I don't know. Like, do do you feel like um like a a semester of college was almost like the same amount of time as a year of high school? Yes. For me, oh, that's, that's what crazy. it felt like. Yeah, that's so interesting. It, like college, like however much I grew in high school, which is a lot, but isn't much compared to now, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. like for the time being, like, you know, I'm a 14-year-old yeah. kid. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. But it, it, you know, I was like 14 to 18, huge difference, right? True. But then like every semester of college, it felt like e- another year of growth. Yeah. Each semester felt like another year of growth. And then like if there happened to be like some kind of big tragedy that just came out of the blue, it'll take me like a solid like six months, maybe two years to work that out. Yeah. And but like once it clicks, it's like, wow, I'm in like a way better headspace. Like I, I get this. Like yeah. this problem is I understand it. You know? And it's it's not so much that like I know how to confront it. Like understanding a problem isn't the same as being able to solve it, but at the very least, like when it comes back again, you know, I kinda like when you're coding and there's yeah, like a yeah, bug, yeah. you don't really freak out. Like there's a moment like, oh shit, you freeze, you're like, fuck, it doesn't work. Yeah. But then like afterwards you're like, okay. I've gone through this whole thing before I can do it again. Like you kind of build your confidence with like facing, facing that chaos. Yeah. It's like you take a specific example of a problem and you can make it something abstract. Um, because you know, in in a way like there's, there's like certain sets of problems, right. And like certain categories that you can come across. It's like, if you solve one problem and that set, you can apply it to the whole set. So you've expanded your whole like circle of knowledge. Well, that's, I mean, but like, that's assuming that you, you come up with a solution. That you can, come up with, with a solution. With, with like a good, I mean, again, this is like, just like hierarchies and, and yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, we yeah. were talking about, but yeah. it's like you found the like secret sauce, let's say, or like the yeah. perfect algorithm that solves the problem across a set of different problems. Yeah, and, and every single one of those problems contains the secret sauce. Um, and once you've solved one of them, you have the secret sauce for like that whole uh, set of problems, um, which is pretty crazy. It's it's crazy like how that's how it works, um, and I think it's also crazy that that's something that's like pretty unique to human beings. Just our ability to abstract concepts like that and then apply it to a whole set of things like you, yeah. you don't bears behave the same way everywhere like i i, I don't know i maybe i'm wrong like it's actually kind of weird to think about but like do you think a bear ever thinks like damn i've grown like i'm a no. way cooler bear now. do you know what bears do dude what, what you know bears are cannibalistic right oh see they're not learning shit man they, no like still... but but here's the interesting thing is that like there's animals obviously have like a spectrum of i guess what you could call consciousness right but like yeah. what i've learned with bears if you had like a mother bear who's like extremely protective of her cub yeah. right if the cub dies and, and they've like documented this the mother bear will look at the baby bear have a moment of grief and then eat it dude that's fucking brutal yeah yeah but that's that's fucking nature bro <laughs> yeah dude nature's like crazy savage yeah, holy shit. <laughs> savage yeah. but it's just like it's weird because like there's that like 10 seconds of humility of like, I'm going to grieve my... my yeah, that's up. weird. But like, then it's, this is nature, this is food now. I need... It's... Yeah. Oh my god. 
Dude, it's crazy because like, it's almost like they're coming up with like an optimal solution where it's like, all right, we're gonna we'll just wrap this up. It's like it's like a freaking like assembly line. Like your your boss is yelling at you like, we need to increase productivity. Like, all right, all right, grief, grief, grief. Get the grief over with. All right, we're good on grief. Eat that shit. <laughs> Eat that shit. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's nuts. And and I mean you can, it's so easy to explain that from like a. Like, if you're just using strict logic, it's like, oh, it's food, it's energy, like, shit's tough out here, like, there won't be food later, I need to eat this. You know, it, it makes sense if you just use logic, but if, if you're using, like, you know, or... So then, okay, do you think logic is, is obviously a very useful tool to have, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you took, I mean, you code, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, if, then, this, that, P, yeah. greater than, Q, the, all that stuff, right? But, like, do you think that there's some kind of, um human element that is outside of that sphere like we can't live like purely logical right we have oh, to yeah. live almost like subjectively, subjectively metaphysically yeah. you know th- this is um so i i took a drawing class last semester and like i'm not i'm not a fucking artist like <laughs> i'm i'm not that great you like, don't know that bitch <laughs> dude, I, I spent six hours drawing like a paper bag just came um, out as zeros and ones you yeah, just wrote no. binary <laughs> <laughs> dude can you imagine i would I don't know what I do. Those Actually, look that at would you be like some crazy art. Yeah, like, those would be like, this is a genius. Yeah, like, what, what does this message say? And then you're just literally saying like, poo brain, poo brain, yeah, poo brain. Yeah, poo brain over and over again. Like literally writing it ones and zeros. Like people all have poo brain. Uh, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty smart of me. Contemporary as fuck. Yeah, it'd be so contemporary, dude. But I spent um, six hours drawing a, a paper bag uh, and I got B plus on the paper bag. Oh, you know, I was buddy. like, what the fuck? <laughs> But um, it, it was like hyper realistic with like I'm guessing it's like pencil yeah, okay hyper realistic um, by like my standards which like isn't oh god I mean yeah. as long as it doesn't look like yeah no I mean like it was a good paper bag man yeah. like I, I was proud of it like I thought it was pretty sick but like it just wasn't up to like uh, fine art standards you know? <laughs> fine like arts. it's it's it exceeded all my expectations so, like that was well that's good man <laughs> yeah no I dude like I was just competing with myself and I won. So, screw you, my art teacher. Like, you don't know <laughs> shit. My paper bag was so fucking good. Uh, Wait, so why was it... A, was it just Oh, like... yeah, yeah. No, that, that... Sorry, I was gonna, like, uh, segue into someone, something else, but... Um, uh, so, they made us go to this talk by this, like, sculptor guy. Super famous. Uh, all that shit. Um, and one thing I noticed about his art was that it was, like, kind of messy. Like, he had a lot of sculptures, but he they were really, like, rough around the edges, and you could see uh, a lot of kind of human elements of it and things that didn't quite fit and, and stuff like that. And uh, they opened up for questions at the end. Of course, I didn't have a fucking question because I didn't know shit about art. Uh, but somebody asked, um, why... Why are, like, you leaving um, so many rough edges and, like, things sort of left, you know, not as well, like, polished as they could be? Um, and he said, like, the the one thing that computers will never be able to do is do something as shitty as you. And, wow. like, I was like, that's hysterical, but, like, dude, that's, that's deep, man. Like, you, like, you touched on something there. So, and, like, like before that... Um, because I'm, I'm a computer science uh, major and, like, you know, I, I'm 
uh, I'm hoping to be a software developer and, and all that, but I really made a point of touching up my code as much as I can, you know, making it human readable, making it look professional, make it look as, as much to like, as close to that arbitrary, or not completely arbitrary, but that ideal code block or script as I could possibly make it. Yeah, right? you're making it as efficient yeah. as you can. Yeah, But, um, like, in a way, you're kind of removing that personal element, right? Like, like the shittiness in that code. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, like, I'm not taking this too seriously. Like, I don't want my code to run ten times slower than it yeah. could be. And I'm also referring more to, like, the syntax, right? Like, you know, how I set up the comments, you know, what I named the variables, and... And all that sort of thing, things, stuff. I'm kind of okay now with, like, leaving that, like, a little shitty. Because it's, like, it's my own signature, right? Like, somebody might, like... I don't know if people like that, too. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, screw you. Like, like, you know, hopefully somebody can see my, like, little marks of shittiness and be like, Hey, I recognize that shittiness. It's Ben. (laughs) They're gonna see that shittiness and be like, This dumb asshole didn't fucking code, right? No, dude, nobody could make that that distinct stupid that I could. (laughs) I love it. I don't know, dude. I kind of like it. But, like, I I thought that was pretty deep. So No, no, without a doubt, that quote is, is, like, staggeringly deep, you know? Because, like, because that's what I was basically asking. Like, that's the crux of my question was that, like, a machine can only be programmed to be logical, right? Yeah. If this, then that. Like, that's at the very core of its coding. So, like, yeah. what does that mean for, like, artificial intelligence? What does that mean for, um, like, will, will it ever make, hum- like, th- will it be human? Like, is to be human to err? Well, I mean, well, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tough question, man. Because you can say the same thing about us in a way, right? Like, what are we? Like, we're a bunch of, like, impulses and synapses and, you know, just electricity firing off right but but you can build that up right into more complex systems but and even even with neuroscience though like we don't know like we can understand cells we can understand the biology behind cells we can understand like this protein connects with that protein interacts in this way and that's what causes this we understand like oh like beta plaques or or, you know what i mean like we understand a, a myriad of things but we still don't have that like that missing link Right. Between the biological, electrical, molecular thing and consciousness. We, we don't know. Like, there's, there's no explanation for consciousness. And I, like, a part of me almost wants us to not know. Oh, dude, totally. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be... Uh, reduced? Yeah, Jesus. reduced and, like, reduced and that sucks. But the thing is, like, I, you know, obviously I'm no expert, but I imagine if, if you found that thing that, you know, sort of connected the two... Uh, it would be like, all right, what's the next thing that connects it to, right? Like, you can always stack higher and higher and higher, right? Like, and get closer and closer and closer. But who knows if you'll ever actually, like, get there where, like, you know, you can explain everything from, you know, the, the ones and zeros and, you know, or the, actually the synapses to a full-fledged, like, Stefan or Ben. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it, but it's also just, like, the fact that, like, we're both nature and nurture, you know? So there's, like, a, a complexity, yeah. like, even if you were to find, like, the biological code for Stefan, for Ben. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily get Stefan or Ben, because, like, the, to replicate our exact experiences is impossible. Yeah, this, that's definitely true. <clears throat> um, and, like, this is sort of one of the things that I, I liked about Jung 
was so much of his work, what I've read, kind of has to do with like abstractions. So you understand, you know, your dream based on like the set of everybody else's dreams, right? Um, because there's similar elements in, in all of them. Okay, um, that is like really because that just means that you can't live alone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you are alone, you have no context. True. Yeah, right? it's like you know we need each other in, in a way. I need your dreams, Ben. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally take them, man. Take them. I don't want them they're, anymore. <laughs> they're kind of weird sometimes, and like other times they're not. I don't want your dreams. <laughs> you those don't want terrible. my dreams. Yeah. I haven't had any of like those kinds of dreams. In, yeah, like, I want zero but, though. Thank you very much. I, I like we went down a hard rabbit hole, and yeah. and I do want you to finish your thought. But just super quick, what I was trying to make a point of with like the different epochs of my life yeah. is that different epochs had different recurring of dreams. So that that makes me believe that. Once I solved a certain problem, like that three-month, eight-month, two-year problem that I had been encountering, right? those dreams just disappear. I don't have those dreams anymore. Yeah, and that's, so, that's a big testament, right? To I mean, it's just me as an individual. It's useful yeah, for me. Certainly. It's, it's useful it's for me. It's definitely like anecdotal, but it's... But I, th- I think it could help a lot of people. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I didn't and like, really, what's the, what's the harm? Well, okay, maybe... The, Never mind. The harm? <laughs> Maybe there's harm. The harm? Yeah. I mean, like, have you heard about yeah. that guy that, like, went on, like, a killing rampage because of, like, he read the, the Catcher in the Rye? <laughs> okay, you know what? But also, have you read that book? Because fuck Catcher that guy. There's nothing triggering about that book. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't know. That it was... was just, like, some sad, pathetic kid who was just, like, oh, bitching and moaning about John it. Oh, Lennon, right? I don't know. Was it? Yeah, it was. I remember that. Because really? my mom was, like, she's obsessed with the Beatles. Watch this, we're 100% it. wrong. Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong about everything. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I know. Um, I'm sorry. I, I detracted. Oh, I yeah. Fuck. You got me on a... Do you remember what you were... Oh, yeah. So I was going to say... Um, like, I was talking about abstractions. Right. Right. Um, right. And I love abstractions. So, oh, abstractions are the best, man. We just um, have the weird brains for it, dude. Yeah. We have the same mind wave, and that makes me so happy. Well, well, part of it, too, is, like, so much of computer science has to do with abstractions, right? Like... Because, you know, your first CS class, you're not going to talk about things. Uh, like, you're not going to say, all right, these ones and zeros, do some shit with these ones and zeros, and then, like, those make some more ones and zeros, right? You're, you're thinking about things really abstractly, right? Like, you're thinking about how one entire computer interacts with another, or one application interacts with another, and, you know, as, as you go, you can kind of peel those layers apart, and then eventually you can get... Uh, all the way down to the bottom and a lot of people never do um and that's that's part of the beauty of like computer science is just how well things can can build on each other because you know you can you can say all right i put this input into this sort of black box and then i know i'm going to get this output and and what happens in that box um isn't necessarily important right it's it's just input output um, and one of my professors actually said the, um, the, the one thing that computer scientists do better than anybody else is abstraction. So it's definitely, and that's, a, that, that guy was just like, he's, he's a, he's a well-respected professor. Definitely. We're pretty good at abstraction. Yeah. That's so interesting though, because like abstraction is almost something that's like intent. You know what I mean? It's like chaos. Almost. It's the intangible. Yeah. Well, well of- the thing is it, it's order until, um. No, I something think, goes wrong. I think it's past order, dude. Like, I feel like the abstraction is kind of like that underlying plane 
that yeah. we draw words of, of like uh, like words don't do it justice. Like there's a there's a kind of abstract like it's almost like a mood, like an atmosphere, something that you feel that you associate with words. But sometimes words don't really do it justice. And it's it's like it's interesting that you're in touch with that for doing something. And, and coding could be seen as predominantly like cold cut, yeah, like machine like logic. Yeah, right? no, but. It- there's but it's a, it's you definitely have to have like creativity to be able to code things. Oh, for sure, yeah. In a way yeah. that's like efficient, saves time, and is like. Oh yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, it's not as cut and dry as um, people make it out to be. People make it out to be. There's definitely times where it's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it, it's cool because everything just sort of like fits together and works, and then you know I can you know I had this sort of very abstract view of like this one thing and it was like a box and then you know i i sort of took that and then i was able to look a level deeper and i'm like and you get that big reveal like holy shit like i understand this box one level down and you're like i never would have thought that that was the case Uh, and that's really cool but like to what i was saying about young is he said there's this level of abstraction on people Right, so you can almost like abstract people. Yeah. Um, right. And that was but, the collective unconscious, right? Wait, um, so, but, but like by this, do you mean like, oh, what you believe Stefan to be, or what I believe Ben to be? Well, well, it's like th- this is my understanding: is um, say you take, uh, I, I think you can use this, but like the personality of ten people, and then you take what's common across those, and you uh, make that like one person or like one object right and then say you take do that same process like 10 times on 10 different people um and then you combine those all into one object right um so it's like an amalgamation of of a set of people yeah so the more you do that right the more you're approaching like the commonalities across the set of all people right and that's useful to know right because that's something this is the collective unconscious it's it's something that has to do with you and it has to do with everybody else